Involve. Solve. Evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch, Ian Willoughby, Chief Architect Cloud Solutions, and Skip Berry, Executive Director of Cloud Enablement. And now, here are your hosts of Cloud Crunch. Welcome back to Cloud Crunch. This week, we have an internal special guest with me that I've had the opportunity to work with quite a bit, Joey Yor of Second Watch. He's a principal cloud consultant here with our team. And also, we have a very special guest today who's a uh, Google Cloud DevOps expert, Harish Jaya Kumar, the solution manager lead for app modernization on Google Cloud. So welcome to the show, everybody. Joey, good to see you and hear from you again. And Harish, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Very good. So now I just want to give everybody a little quick background on our special guest today. Harish leads the global application modernization solutions team for Google Cloud. His team helps customers with their application modernization journey by building solutions around GCP products. Harish comes having spent several milestone years with Docker, and we definitely want to drill into that a little bit, where his experience includes helping customers transform their businesses with their application modernization journey, as well as accelerating growth at Docker as their worldwide VP of solutions engineering. He brings in more than two decades of expertise across solutions, sales, and product while working in several capacities at Microsoft, Dell, and EMC supporting their enterprise customers. We've been talking about strategies you can use to increase the value of being in the cloud, and that is obviously a reoccurring theme of the show. Last week, we examined how you can create competitive advantages with your cloud data, Now that you're an expert on that topic, and I'm sure everybody is after a 30-minute podcast listening session with us, let's look at accelerating application development with DevOps. If you move to the cloud to take advantage of the rapid deployment of infrastructure to support development, you understand the power of bringing applications to market fast. All about driving that customer value quick. Now it may be time to fully immerse your company into a DevOps transformation. All right. Now on our end, I know Joey. Joey and I have done some great DevOps work together. When I say that, I take credit for his work because he did all the work. Uh, But Joey, let's kick this off. I I know that you're an expert out in the field as well. I'd love for you guys to start some conversation. Thanks again, Ian. To get things started off, I kind of want to go over a question that we get all the time. What does DevOps mean, and what does it mean to start a DevOps transformation? Ah, how much time do we have? No, it's really interesting, right? And uh, you know, I've seen this uh, being in the space as I wouldn't say as as long as uh, uh, many people over here. I don't think there's any specific canonical definition itself, and I and I think that's by design that as a community. I think everyone, you know, we are still learning how to get better at building and operating software systems. That's why there's no like one definite thing. But in in my opinion, kind of finally boils it down to your software delivery velocity and the reliability around it, right? And and if I was to like take that up, it's completely mostly a cultural and an organizational movement to increase this. So if these two are not tied, then it's not, in my opinion, a very that's not the definition of DevOps. So. It, it's basically a cultural and an organization moment that is aiming to increase this software reliability and velocity. That's that's how I would kind of like put on what DevOps is. 
Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. Any times I get into a DevOps discussion, I always try to hammer the um, the it's it's really a cultural shift. It's got to be a full cultural transformation first. So let's say a company wants to pursue DevOps, right? How should we start looking at performing that transformation with them? Yeah. So, I mean, to, to double click on your previous point there, Joey, right? So what, and if you break that next to the culture level is what is that set of practices, guidelines, and culture that's designed to break down these silos? So, so as an organization, and so I'm trying to answer your second question with based on that, is that's where you start, right? Mm-hmm. Is what do we need to break down these silos in this IT development? That's the first question we want to be able to think about it, right? Five key areas, and if you if you see from our SRE implementation DevOps, the way Google's book, if you see that the five key areas to think about is reduce these organizational silos, mm-hmm. right? Accept failure as normal, right? That's 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 again back to the cultural piece as well as from the methodology and how you want to think about it. And then don't try to boil the ocean, right? It's, it's, you got to implement gradual changes, every small step that you want to be able to go take. Step four, you want to be able to leverage tooling and automation. That's, that's super, super important. In fact, the key part of this is being able to do automation. And then finally, uh, you got to be able to measure anything. That's, yeah, that's, I would say, even though I'm saying it the last, it's fundamentally important because that just shows you how you're moving in those gradual changes one after the other. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we go in and do DevOps work at Second Watch, we use a model uh, called Calms. Are you familiar with that one? No, I haven't. Uh, okay. What is it? It's Calms. It's an acronym, C-A-L-M-S. Um, and really, it kind of yeah. highlights those same points that you mentioned. Uh, it, it, it stands for culture, automation, lean, uh, as in lean you know, manufacturing, lean deployments, metrics, and sharing is the last one. Gotcha. Um, so when we do kind of maturity assessments, we like to use that model to really dive down and see where an organization is. Gotcha. So, yeah, no, that kind of makes sense, actually, right? And, and I don't know if you've heard about Google's methodology. I was going to kind of jump in, but maybe this is a good point. I should talk about it. Have you heard of Dora? It was a company that Google acquired, I think it was back in 2018, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I've heard a little bit, but uh, probably not enough to to be an yeah, expert on it. So uh, please love uh, to hear some more, though. Yeah, jump in and tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is that it's kind of like the de facto standard, uh, even in the industry before even Google acquired it. They were big, big fans of this, and Google acquired them. So basically, DORA stands for DevOps Research and Assessment, right? And the idea behind this is the whole Dora's research is what makes high-performing teams functional in the DevOps space. That's that's where their entire study is about, right? So uh, every year they, and I'm going to say uh, now us, have produced this DevOps research report. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's you know, even when I talk to customers, every time they, they bring up those reports. And it's fundamentally based on Dora's leadership in the DevOps space uh, was it was a natural fit for Google Cloud when you know when both were looking to how to improve both the developer and the operations ecosystem. But the idea behind Dora is it follows a very strong data-driven approach that helps teams leverage both their automation, process, cultural changes, everything around it. Right. So that's that's the fundamental idea behind how Dora works. So basically, Dora's research is based on four key metrics. Right. Deployment frequency. 
lead time for changes, and which is basically from the time you've actually committed your code, right? And then the change fail rate. And then finally, the time to restore the service. Now, these four metrics can be applied to any kind of software delivery, whether it's firmware or mobile or anything that you want to be able to go do. So if you're able to measure that kind of a software delivery performance based on this, this is a valid and reliable way to do this. And this is Dora's mantra across these four metrics, right? And every research, every analysis is based on these four things. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, we do um, use those four metrics as well. And I, yeah, as far mm-hmm. as measuring your your delivery and, and kind of the, I'd say the end result of how well you're, you're performing in terms of that delivery, those are absolutely the four of the main points I'd be looking into as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the way it kind of works is that, you know, based on these four metrics, then you can go and start evaluating these organizations and you can say where they are, whether they're, a, you know, low performer, medium, high and elite performer based on these numbers. Right. And then it's proven that elite performers in these four metrics are 3.5x times more likely to have stronger availability practice. And, and, and I want to tie this to the business side of this is that you can make that business impact with this. There's a strong correlation between these elite performers and the business impact of the organization, which has these kind of elite performers in it. So which is why all these are tied together. Yeah, that, that's fascinating because, you know, kind of drilling into these things, it sounds a lot like, you know, from the outside, sometimes what gets measured gets, you know, you know, that whole business adage, you got to measure things in order to, to, yeah. to manage it. And then secondly, you know, some of the things that you talked about, some of these five principles really kind of resonate for me are reducing those silos and creating that culture where failure is common. So, and I want to get into this a little bit as it gets your interpretation on some of the challenges that you see out there. But a lot of that, the cornerstone to that, in my opinion, for an organization is creating trust. Yep. So what other challenges do you see that are out there in order to keep these uh, transformations, DevOps particularly, moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, honestly, to me, I'm a big, big firm believer of this is mostly the culture thing. You know, I think that's the first thing you need to be just be able to embrace that you can be able to do these things, right? The second thing challenge, like I said, was, you know, just not able to be able to measure these things, right? I think that's the second problem that I've seen over here. And the third thing is that if you actually see like, you know, the the concept of these elite performers that I talked about, they don't see trade-offs. So sometimes they say like, oh, you either do, you can only do speed or you can only do agility. You only do this or you can't do this. Uh, no, you, you you could, right? And that's the, that's the big thing as well. If you see the, the, the Dora talks that the founders have done is that high performers are not actually trading off any of the speed versus stability associated. So it, it comes down to again and again, having like a lean team and being able to quickly innovate and change repeatedly outside of this. So you need to be asking these questions. How long is it taking for your organization to deploy that one line of change? How long is it taking? Are you able to do this repeatedly? How long does it take when you discover a security vulnerability in your stack? How long does it take for you to patch and deploy this? Great. Is it five days? Why is it five days? What can we do? To... So those are the kind of questions that you need to keep repeatedly asking and being able to do those things, right? So. And, and things to enable it are the organizational and structural changes uh, following just simple basic practices. Like CI, CD itself, we could spend like, you know, like two hours talking about what's the right way to do CI, CD or what's the, <laughs> what's the 
you know, like how do I measure uh, CI/CD on it? And and some and some of these things is where like you know uh, when you say challenges with customers is when you move to things like the cloud, a, a lot of these could get a little bit more easier because you have things like you know it makes it self-service, on-demand self-service. You know all those things kind of come into the get your elasticity. You get those things out of the box. It makes it much much more easier on this because say suppose you went and built all this right now. Let's just take a step back and say suppose you can buy the cloud and you can put the developers all that stuff. But guess what? If you have to still step back and raise a ticket in service now and wait weeks for a test environment, well, it's not the cloud, right? So <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's, exactly. It's like it's like buying the Tesla and still taking it to the gas station and saying, "Why am I not able to fill this?" I mean, well, <laughs> the ecosystem you got to build around it. No, absolutely. That's it's a very good point. I think also the both the models that you're all are saying are very interesting, particularly the measure, because I think a lot of people kind of stagnate on that. But it sounds like you've got some good ideas in these models, particularly the four that you discussed, to really kind of kickstart that. So going on, you know, you talked about how culture is so very important, both of you have. What do you feel is also very you know, what are some of the core requirements beyond kind of that cultural shift in order to be successful when you go through this type of transformation? Yeah. So, yeah, like to your question about this, right? I mean, the fundamental idea, even in the culture piece, the Dora, what it preaches is that, you know, teams deliver results, right? Not individuals. So how do we build these high-performing teams and enable them to deliver the speed and stability in these across these four metrics is what we're talking about. So after the culture piece is like, great, next let's talk about, you know, what is your lean team that you're going to be following? What is continuous delivery in your in your opinion? The ability to get these changes, bug fixes quickly into production, right? Those are things that I would say after the culture piece is like, then start looking into forming that lean team, getting into like talking about your application, your lead times, measuring them and start fixing each one of them in, in a specific way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know we're saying other than culture, but again, uh, culture, <laughs> it's its so important here. So I do want to emphasize there's got to be buy-in both top down from management down to developers and also from developers up. If everyone's not on the same page, it makes it very difficult to be successful. Also, uh, you know, we've talked about measuring. I've seen many places where they'll measure, but they're not actually doing anything with those measurements. You really need to make sure that as you're measuring, you're continuously looking to improve on those measurements. If you're at a month lead time for deployment, you know, you probably want to get that a lot lower. So whatever barriers there are in the way, you want to make sure that you're really trying to knock those down. Another area I think I'd like to point some attention to is around the silos and having sort of those big siloed teams of like the database team, the development team, the ops team. It, it really is kind of anti DevOps and and really what we want to start doing is making cross-functional teams to better aid in knocking down those silos, to better aid in uh, improving those deployment metrics and uh, ultimately get us towards that successful transformation where we're a smooth-running DevOps organization. Agree, agree. Plus 100 or 1,000 or how much we want to put to that, to the point that you just made, Joey, because... That's that's one of that is the planning side, right? You have these small batch sizes, dedicated cross-functional teams, and you're going through this continuous planning. And then there is, you know, from the planning phase, the next is the, if it was to look at the development and tests, right? There you're looking at agile development, continuous integration, automation built into it. 
And then there's the release and the deploy side, which is, do I have standardized platform and processes? Is there an automated environment provisionings, uh, automated you know, release and deploy tool chains that they have? And then finally, again, back to the, can I monitor it, optimize it, measure it? You know, so those four buckets are kind of like, you know, key, key building blocks of the growing capabilities. So obviously what we're trying to do with this, you know, is, is really evangelize acceleration of application development, but not just the acceleration. It's also the quality and those types of things as well. And then, of course, you know, just bringing teams together and getting them to talk, right? The collaboration piece is, is amazing. So how do you see this really affecting the organization as far as how much can this accelerate the bringing to customer value you know, and really realizing that value. What what have you seen? Some of the kind of, you know, not to use names or anything like that, but how does it accelerate? Sure. I mean, like I can start first with like numbers and then we can talk about the methodology, as you said, right? I mean, we've actually, this is again from the study itself, we've shown that, you know, what we call about high performers are more agile. We've seen 46 times more frequent deployments from them coming just from these high performers, Right. And they're also more reliable. And they say, you know, they're 5x more likely to exceed any profitability, market share, or productivity goals on it. In, in my opinion, like, you know, when you say accelerate app development, it's what you get out of simply by moving to this model is the speed, faster delivery of features. I come up with an idea today. Three of us just sat down. Can I quickly spin this up? I commit to my GitHub, you know, just get this rolling. Can I do this ASAP? Like that's those things becomes super important, right? The second thing is also the agility on it, right? I, I want to be able to quickly, this is new tech, I want to try it out. Can I quickly go start using those things? These are all the things I think you will start seeing in terms of an accelerated application development, right? And that automatically brings into improved quality of code as well, and also quick recovery, because now you're able to like with these automated things, you know immediately how quickly you can find out that your code breaks. So you can immediately come back find out about it, run these continuous tests again, and go back and patch it again. So that improves the quality of the code, quick recovery, makes it even more efficient around it, right? So th- those are the kind of things that it's almost like a it's like a circle that each of the speed into uh, one another. Yeah, and just to tack on there, the other thing you get, so in order to go faster and be more agile and, you know, get this accelerated deployment, you're going to naturally be working with smaller and smaller pieces with much more automated testing. So whenever you're making smaller changes through this process as well, um, you're actually going to be lowering your risk of any one deployment causing some sort of catastrophic failure. And again, like, uh, like you said, whenever there is a failure, it's easier to, um, easier to recover from. But uh, I, I think the minimizing the risk per change is another real important thing about DevOps. Um, and then the other point I'd like to bring up is also in your development phase, not just your deployment phase, having a good DevOps culture really lets you experiment more. So you can not be locked into a specific technology stack. You can discover new new technologies to use, new tools, new languages uh, that may be better fit for a specific task. And being in that good DevOps kind of momentum you can really start to fail fast or succeed fast, right? You can quickly figure out, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And you can make better informed decisions. And and that, I think, is a big part of the accelerated development cycle as well. 
Yeah. And that failure part, I think, is very key. What comes to mind this week was I was watching a SpaceX test where they're uh, testing some of the components to, to get to Mars. And they've been landing these boosters out on the uh, the drone ship quite frequently, but they were bringing down a new booster rocket that they haven't done before. It blew up. And everybody was oh, like, this is awesome. We got all kinds of great data from it. And like that to me is like the epitome of celebrating failure. And there you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a culture thing, right? right. And that, 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 that's why I'm saying it, it boils down to that. It's, it's, it's awesome, man, with that story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did you learn from it, right? And so I think, and, and what I keep hearing you all talk about, you know, is measuring and, and feeding it back in the system. It's really those feedback loops. And again, I, we know that's part of DevOps, but it's really listening to that empathetically and, you know, from my business perspective and really incorporating the lessons learned and doing it so rapidly, not waiting months to come back and look at it. And I think that is uh, just such incredible power. And it, you know, and what I also want to kind of implore people too, is this methodology doesn't, it's not just for software development, right? I mean, it could be for anything inside your business to some degree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned feedback loops and, and ultimately what we're trying to do with a lot of the DevOps methodology is, we want to reduce the time it takes to get feedback. We want fast feedback as quickly and as often as possible so that we can constantly make those decisions. That's why we're breaking things into smaller pieces. That's why we're getting rid of silos, increasing collaboration with our and sharing throughout the organization. And ultimately, you know, that's why it becomes a cultural thing is because, yeah, we have to build the culture that can support those minimized feedback times. Yeah. And that feedback too, for, you know, what you're all are saying, you know, I'll put words in your mouth. It's not just from the data of the technical aspects of it, but it's also incorporating that, that data back from customer experience, the, the value that they're seeing. And of course the business owners inside the organization as well. It could even be sales. And they're like, yeah, this is great. We're getting great feedback from it. So. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's feedback from tech feedback from process and feedback from culture, right? I mean, these are the three fundamental pillars behind these transformations. And like, I mean, I honestly, I, I am part of sales here and through my entire career, I've been in sales. And I, I always tell, you know, the people I hire and everything is like, you can spend six weeks sitting and reading as much as you can when you want to ramp up, or you can go attend three customer meetings and you'll get so much more knowledge about anything that you want than any of the videos or things that you're listening to. So, yeah, that's great. Now I want to kind of wrap it up for a question for both of you. And uh, when you you're coming into a new environment and somebody wants to, you know, embrace this, let's say, and obviously we talked about some analysis that may take place at the beginning and everybody's results may be different, but what is the typical first step that you tell people they should probably take in order to develop this culture? Hmm develop the culture. Or how do you get started implementing DevOps? So everything in DevOps, we say is small, small, small cycles that you want to be able to go do. I would use the same approach on how you want to get started. Form a small team, pick a small project, and go experiment with that. Right? That's how I would start. I mean, ideally, if you, if you really want to do that, I would say start with a door assessment, which is what, you know, a lot of the customers we are working with today, that's how we do that. It's like, First, understand your current state, right? Once you know where your current state is, then it's easy for you to see where we, I wouldn't say easy to make the transformation, but we know where we want to go. 
So if I was to force and say what to do, I would say, let's start with an assessment of your current capabilities that you have. Because even if you take that small team and you just go say, if they don't know what DevOps is, what are they going to do, <laughs> right? So transformation starts with understanding first where you are today, step one. Step two, let's take the data and see, okay, this is where you stand. This is where you're missing. Maybe you don't have the skills. You don't have the tools for automation. You don't have the you know small set of teams that we need to go build. Step two. Step three, let's build those pieces. Where do we start force ranking them? Maybe the first step is to form this team. Wait, let's form this team. Let's pick two metrics that or maybe one metric we want to work on. Let's work on that one metric. And then everything else kind of like falls into place. That's how I would go with a step-by-step approach on it. Yeah, I uh, I, I wish I, I could disagree or have uh, a different line of thinking, <laughs> but um, I, I pretty much would directly agree there. Um, start off with an assessment, understand where your your company is strong and where they are weak. Leverage where you're already strong, improve where it's weak. Using a pilot team, as you mentioned, is a, a great way to start because you're minimizing risk to your organization as a whole and you're you're gaining those uh, learning experiences of what you're probably going to see as you open up the transformation of the rest of the organization. I think on top of that, um, I would add, though, training in particular, if you're weaker in some of the automation and metrics types areas. Uh, I often see customers that um, have largely neglected automated testing, and that's not something you can just add overnight or just say, hey, we're going to start doing automated testing. Again, that's another thing that requires a lot of buy-in. Your automated testing has to be good tests. If they're bad tests, they're not really useful. And, uh, you know, infrastructure is code when we're talking about building cloud resources and everything as well. And I found... You can go ahead and start introducing portions of your organization to those topics if that's an area you're not strong in. Um, if you are strong in those areas, then you know maybe it's some of the other culture or deployment metrics or just general sharing opportunities that you're lacking in. But that's really that assessment. Being honest uh, is super important. Having the right people ask questions is a good idea. Because, you know, people will answer differently depending on who they're talking to, uh, whether you <laughs> yeah, like to admit right, it or not. Right, right. No, absolutely. Now, Harish, one of the things that kind of stood out to me in your background, I just kind of want to close out on this, is that you came from a Docker background, obviously. And, you know, that's a, a very interesting tool in this whole ecosystem as well. We see it often, right? But we spent very little time talking about tooling. Because I think, and I'm going to put more words in your mouth, ultimately, it seems like it's a people challenge. Would you agree with that? I would 5,000% agree with that. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's only as good as, as the, the people who you can give it to, right? Um, I've spent so many times, like, just spent 100 meetings. And at one time, I still remember, I just, I think I got up and told this, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's a customer or, or like an, uh, or another, uh, you know, meetup or something. And at, at some point I'm like, hey, man, I've been talking to you for six months about this. We just have multiple meetings. I've taught you and I've you've read every book about swimming right now. You just need to jump into the water. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's sometimes it's that it's this over analysis paralysis on it. And that's why this the mentality to like quickly just do something and see it. And it's OK. You know, you're going to fail. And whereas I've seen some companies before that where they've adopted Docker in its very, very, very early stage, 
right? Even though, like, I mean, it was not even ready for running it in production, but we were like, you know what? They were ready to experiment with it. It was a hard journey, but we came out really, really successful. And at the end of it, they had the teams trained, they had the people trained, and they had things around it that was trained well as well. So that's why for me, like, I can give you the most shiniest object, but if you're going to keep it inside your bedroom and not use it, it's useless. So... Oh, that's great. Well, I want to thank both of you very much for uh, joining me this week. Harish, fantastic conversation. Joey, I hope to see you again after this pandemic as yeah. well. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Great conversation. And wow, it's always, uh, you know, we talk about DevOps all the time, but it's it's always good to get this perspective. I feel like this is pretty actionable stuff that you guys were able to uncover for us. So thanks again for that. Next week, we're going to be looking at the third and the fourth strategies to increasing your cloud's value. Two that go hand in hand, increasing the security of your cloud environment and ensuring compliance. As always, we welcome your feedback. Please email us at cloudcrunch at secondwatch.com for your ideas, comments, and suggestions. Thanks again. See you next week. You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Ian Willoughby and Skip Berry. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com slash company slash blog, or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter.